0: In the Booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company.
1: Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe
0: what I just saw! And, you know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: you make good comments. So
0: what about that? you believe in miracles
2: yeah! Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. A talk show
0: host. This is in the booth. Talk show host. That's good. I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time with Matt Park. And away we go on a hump day, hitting that uh, midweek kind of lull, building our way back up to a football game, and then a week with no game. God forbid. Next week, I don't know how we're going to make it through, but we'll we'll find a way, I am sure. And uh, delighted to have you along with us. Tommy's on the board. Brian's in the shotgun seat today. And uh, welcome, boys. What's happening?
2: Must be a British car. I'm I'm on your left.
0: Yes, you are. But shotgun. Okay. But that works. And uh, we're off and running. Going to talk a little baseball today. Step aside from uh, Syracuse football for the most part. I think we uh, all smell what The Rock is cooking for Saturday's noon start against the Holy Cross. We'll get back into that plenty with uh, Adam Terry tomorrow on the show. We'll give away. Tickets to the Holy Cross game as well tomorrow with pick six. Looking forward to getting that going. And then Friday we'll visit with the Holy Cross head coach, Bob Chesney. So uh, that'll take front and center the the next part of the week. And uh, we can get into baseball today. Dan Schulman of ESPN, who uh, handles a lot of the ESPN radio baseball play-by-play, will be our guest to get that kind of uh, organized and framed up for you uh, with the stretch run of the regular season coming through this weekend. I think we
2: need Dan here. we got the Yankees over on TK all season long. I'm just not a day-in, day-out, minutiae baseball guy, so I need Dan to tell me what is going on <laughs> so I know where to focus my energy. Obviously, I know the Yankees are really good. The Dodgers are still good, and they just ceaselessly don't win the World Series and the Strohs have, like, the 18 best starting pitchers in baseball. Last I,
0: I checked. That's pretty much what you need to know right but there. You're, I, you're
2: I, may, can uh, some of these other teams beat these teams? Uh, Dan will know the answer uh, to that.
0: Dan will have a, a feeling. I'm for, assuming
2: uh, not, but he sure, might tell
0: me otherwise. For what's going on there. Uh, happened to have John and Susan on last night a little bit. Uh, took a, a break to actually make real food for dinner, Whoa. and uh, which is rare. And, um, of course, the, the Yankees have clinched. They've won 102 games. And uh, there's not a lot of drama right now. As Seth said, they're just sort of getting their pitching lined up right now for the postseason. So John and Susan are in especially cantankerous mode right now. The the action on the field doesn't matter that much. So they're even more willing than usual to uh, tee off on the things that annoy them. And, of course, when the Yankees are at Tropicana Field, there are plenty of things that annoy them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And John was upset that the music, which they constantly will tell you is – too plentiful for their taste and too loud. They also begin to play it just as the out sort of occurs. So like when there's a ground ball in the infield, let's say, and the throw across the diamond, and the first baseman's on the bag, he's out, bang, sound effect. Well, John doesn't think that that's uh, appropriate because it doesn't allow him time to say how many outs there are and Mm -hmm. who the next batter is before, of course, we are inundated with that awful can of music. So John was pretty ripe yesterday.
2: Well, see, at other stadiums, they can wait a second while well, there's the applause, reaction, yes, things like that. I, I saw a couple articles flashbacks. I don't know why they were specific to this morning. It's not new or today's case, but of just what a schloid it is. If you live in Tampa, which is in the name of the team, to go to a game in St. Petersburg where the arena is, it's not nearby. I remember we were down in that region last year with a women's basketball team for a tournament, and we were staying on kind of the far, I guess it's south side of Tampa, but the games were in St. Pete. There is a very long bridge in the middle, and there are weather situations where if it's a little windy or stormy, they close the bridge, and you cannot get from one place to the other, and you got to go a long way around. It's it's not conducive to getting to the game or, or doing it quickly. So
0: No, it's a hassle, and I would say that the boss, I've told this story before, the boss took us to a game uh, down at Tropicana Field a couple years ago. It was opening day, and I would say my uh, rousing uh, review of Tropicana Field is it's not as bad as you brace for. Like, it's not good.
2: I think the more of the but issue is the, the getting there yeah, than yeah. Once, once
0: you're there. Once you're there, you know, they they try. Fresh coat of paint. There's people that are there, want to be there, and uh, are into the baseball. And we happen to go Yankees race, so that's going to be as good as it gets down there. But uh, you're right. And there's a lot of other things to do, obviously, in Tampa. And, and there's plenty of reasons why that has not been uh, super successful. One other thing just popped in my head that uh, John and Susan were bemoaning last night, so the Yankees end up losing. doesn't matter, but the Yankees' run in the game is a smash to center field by Cameron Maben. Mm-hmm. And by the sounds of it, it was really hit. John got all excited, home run, blah, blah, blah. Then uh, they come back with, and I forget who brought it up the first time, but now what are, they, what, what are we conditioned to hear in a Major League broadcast? Statcast tells us, mm. based on the spin rate and whatever that ball was hit, blank. right. So, I guess it's John says. I'm well, sure he's a big launch angle guy. Exactly. So John says, uh, Statcast tells us 429 feet on that Cameron Maybin home run. And if you're me, you know of a certain age and grew up here, when I hear home runs, I then immediately put them over. Uh, I, the old MacArthur Stadium was 434 to center field. So that's kind of my demarcation of, of what a, is far a real bomb i mean if you hit we, we can talk if you hit at 430 we can talk that's a real bomb um these other ones not so much and then, of course there used to be stadiums that you had to you know more regularly had to hit at 430 plus to to get out but that's a, a story for another time anyway susan's just calling bs on the whole thing she's not into the analytics the spin rate H- how are they figuring this out so it was a real deviation from physics or any science. But uh, Susan was beside herself. That's silly, she says. How do they know how far it goes if it hits something? I mean, there is the math and the physics, but I guess if yeah. you're
2: not allowed to use that, right. I don't know how you know well, it. She, her, her whole <laughs> argument
0: was uh, they didn't have that when Ted Williams played. When Ted Williams hit the ball and it hit, a seat, uh huh. They just said they that,
2: painted it a different color and they <laughs> that's moved up. True, that's <laughs> this what they is did where do back in the day.
0: Um, they would just say, you know, this is how far away this seat is. We, we aren't going to estimate that it's going any further. But I would think, a in 2019, I would think a high school uh physics class could figure out based on trajectory and spin.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty it's pretty a calculus class, I right? I mean, yeah. you're not you don't need more than that. Yeah. There's an arc. And then you do some math, and that's where it goes.
0: Right. So uh, those two are. And they've got
2: like a billion cameras. Real
0: form last night. Going at a million frames a second. That are they're getting a look at it. So you, you can do it. <laughs> so we'll get to uh, Dan Schullman as uh, Seth pointed out, Circus basketball practice underway, which is hard to believe. We can get into that maybe next week as well, when uh, there is not as much uh, other stuff going on and start to work through... I'll bet Dan's here for one of those uh, Saturday
2: hoop games this yeah, year. Yeah, he
0: will be. And there's uh, Duke and Carolina. Only five Saturdays, and that's a, that's the maximum number of Saturdays you can have in February, and Syracuse is home on uh, four of them. So uh, very cool. Carolina, Duke at home this year, Virginia in. This is one heck of a home schedule. Then you add Iowa, and already starting with people requesting tickets and that type of thing. It is here before you know it. Quick hitter before we get out and get to a break with Dan. So I w- walk back in to grab something from the break room just before the show and walk in front of the vending machine. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one that thinks it's astonishing that um, cranberry almond delight is double the calories of potato chips? That's the delight. I, it's, it's just mind-blowing to me.
2: Uh, that is confusing. I don't know if it's a, you uh, want a bag that... quantity thing. No, no. it's Nuts are
0: sneaky caloric. They are. Mm. But, Heart healthy. They are, I guess, but I um, I just want to think that that's okay for you to eat. Yeah, nothing's okay and, for you to eat anymore. It's really not, you know, and and the numbers. I just don't need the numbers like that on my face.
2: That's why you do the the fasting. That's what's that's what's hip these days. Yeah,
0: forget that. Calories zero. I'm going for a Hoffman sausage. I'm I'm diving in. The show is brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company. Born in Germany, raised in Syracuse. Hoffman taste tells. We're back with Dan Schulman talking baseball. And that's fitting, right? Grab a Hoffman hot dog. Now that makes sense. Enjoy baseball, peanuts, beverage of your choosing. Get ready for the postseason. It's all coming up. ESPN Radio's Dan Schulman is with us in a moment in the booth on ESPN Syracuse. In the booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. And welcome back on the show. Good to have you with us in the middle of the week. The Orange and Holy Cross in the Dome, Saturday at noon. Looking forward to that. Dino Baber's show tomorrow night at Press Room Pub, and our guest will be a tight ends coach uh, Reno Faree, set to uh, join us on that one tomorrow. ESPN Radio, of course, will again have the Major League Baseball playoffs and uh, an old standby for many years, uh, doing outstanding work covering that. Right up through the uh, postseason is our friend Dan Schulman, who joins us now on the Burdick Toyota Guest Line. Hello, Dan. How are you?
3: I'm good, Matt. How are you doing
0: today? Good, Matt. Good to see you. Brian's here as well. and. Hey, Brian. Uh, we saw, saw you on Saturday and uh, thought we'd start with your uh, impressions of your, you've been to many carrier-owned basketball games and ones yep. and had the, the best seat in the house. What would you think of the football game?
3: It was fun. I, I have, um, so for those who don't know, I know you guys know, my son is a sophomore at Syracuse, and I came down to visit him. We went to the game together. So I've only been, I think that's my fifth, college maybe my fourth college football game ever i haven't been to a lot of college football games so um just you know just the novelty factor resonates with me but to be you know at the school where your son goes and he knows all the players and and you know talking to people that he knows it was really cool um as you and i discussed um at one point college football games are really long <laughs> and, and I'm a baseball guy. But, uh-huh. I mean, I guess college football games only go once a week, but between the, uh, the injuries and the reviews and, and, uh, whatever the case may be, but it was, it was really fun. It was a lot, you know, there was a lot of offense in the game, which is always, always fun to watch. And, and I really enjoyed it. I know last year they had a great year. My son loved every second of it because they had such a good year last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, uh, they can put it together and and have a nice run through the rest of the schedule.
0: No fifty five yard line though.
3: No fifty five yard line. It's funny. So I am, yes, I am Canadian. Full disclosure, but I don't follow the CFL at all. I I I, I don't know if I could name you one CFL player right now, and I'm not exaggerating. Oh. That. So you know, as a kid, I was kind of brought up on it a little bit. But my favorite team, and and my son Ben's as well, were Green Bay Packers fans. Like we're NFL guys. So. We're totally good with four down football and and no fifty-five yard line in the shorter end zones and uh, and all that all that kind of stuff. No, you're
0: bona fide. I've seen uh, on Twitter you make uh, your you have your take on the Packers and that type of thing. So that's legit, and it was (laughs) it was good to have you here. Glad and as somebody who loves baseball, as you know, that's one area where I get a little defensive. Everybody's trying to, you know, I love we would love to see baseball games played at a little snappier pace, of course. But what I'm saying is footballs. the most popular sport in America and it yeah. drags don't don't get us wrong they they both yeah, have and, their and moments
3: it, right they both have their moments and again football is once a week so I think you could you know you can handle it a little bit better so and and I don't think I am you know I don't think I'm old man yelling in a cloud or or anything like that but I, I think to move games along quicker like the younger people are doing eight things at once and they you know, their version of an attention span is a lot different than my version of an attention span. Like you would watch a whole game when I was 17 years old. Cause you did, you know, you could watch a game or play outside. Those were the only two things that you did. You didn't have a phone. You didn't have a laptop. You didn't have an iPad. You didn't have social media. So I just want, you know, sports to be cool for my son and the next generation and the next generation and all that. But still, it, it was, it was great fun. I really, uh really liked it um you know it was interesting because i watched some of the games last year, so new quarterback this year, obviously, and in DeVito, and just seeing how, you know, again, being more familiar with the NFL, seeing a lot of the differences in college football, and, and just sitting, and my son talks nonstop at a football game, so for four hours he was educating me, so it, it was really fun, actually. That's
0: that's very cool, and I saw where you uh, solicited on Twitter some recommendations, of course you've made many trips to Syracuse over the years, but anything new or fun this time around?
3: Well, I just, I wasn't there very long. I have another son who goes, who works in Montreal. So I left right after the football game. I drove to Montreal Saturday night. So I was only down Friday night, Saturday. So yes, as you said, um, I solicited for advice and it was funny. um, Somebody tweeted back at me. You should go to this place called past abilities and as I'm reading the tweet, I text my son, and I said, you got an idea for dinner tomorrow night? And he goes, how about this place, Past Abilities? And I said, well, I guess it's an omen because people are tweeting it at me as well. So as we walked in, Merrick Dolezal walked out, um, and my son was two minutes late in an Uber. He goes, are you sure it was Dolajai? I said, what do you mean am I sure it was Dolajai? How many guys look like Dolizhai? You know, <laughs> And he's got to bulk up on that pasta, which is good. he Yeah. He didn't look a whole lot heavier to me. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's all of 6'10". But yeah, if I'm Coach Mayheim, I send him past abilities, uh, (laughs) eight days, eight days a week and, and ask him to order the left side of the menu. But, uh, so we, we went past abilities. We had a nice dinner, good time. Um, he wasn't able to. We were going to do some stuff Saturday morning, like some tailgating and, and visiting some people who had. Uh, I guess there's a Canadian tailgate on on campus every week, but we couldn't get there. Uh, my son had uh, frat responsibilities; he had to set up for the frat tailgate. Sure. So we just we made it. Uh, well, you were you were among the first to see us. We got there uh, right <laughs> by the time we came to visit you before the game.
0: So. Well, those are first first world problems when you're choosing your your tailgate. Exactly. We, we visit with yeah. Dan Shulman. We're also fortunate. We are. You know, a block from possibility. So I could ask you a question and I could walk there. (laughs) Matt's going to be back with the tomato oil by the end of the segment, I think. Uh, Which is very good. So um, let's talk a little baseball. And as Brian said, he's somebody who kind of checks out. I'd
2: say educate. Let's just assume that maybe I have not been watching baseball in the last six months, approximately. We know the Yankees are good. The Astros have all the starting pitching. The Dodgers are right there what else what else do i need to know if i'm settling up here for the next month
3: Well, those are the three superpowers, but um, you've got some really, I mean, some of the interesting stories are teams that aren't going to make the playoffs like the Red Sox and barring the biggest miracle in baseball history, the Cubs. (laughs) You know, those two teams are, I think they're one, two in payroll or one, three in payroll, something like that. So, you know, I I think we'll see some off season changes to varying degrees in both of those markets. You know, both of those teams were expected uh, to be better than they were this year. Um, What do you need to know? Minnesota, yeah will likely finish second to the Yankees or might finish first whichever team hits the most home runs this year will set a major league record the Minnesota Twins of all teams have more power than just about anybody in the history of baseball and and home run numbers are up all across baseball because the ball is different or whatever the case may be but what what the twins have done has still been really impressive um you got three teams for two spots in the American League Oakland Tampa Bay Cleveland are all separated by a game uh, two of the three will play in the wild card game, but we don't know which two of the three it'll be. You got a very young, exciting team in Atlanta with the great young talents like Ronald Acuna Jr. trying to knock off the Dodgers. I don't think it can be done. Um, and and you've got you know a team that's really interesting is Milwaukee. They've got they've had a zillion injuries. Christian Yelich is out now. Their bullpen isn't nearly what it was. Last year, and they just find a way. They've been the best team in baseball in September, and they're going to play Washington in the wild card game, which will be a really cool game on the National League side.
0: The uh, Indians came to play last night, blasting the White Sox eleven nothing. So they've pulled, as Dan mentioned, uh, to within that stretch there, where it's uh, three teams and two only two will get in. They're separated by uh, uh, just a game. So exciting stuff here for the stretch run into the final weekend. You know, one of the teams we keep an eye on. Uh, from here, Dan, you know, it's uh, firstly a Yankee town. A lot of Blue Jay fans, obviously, for the long time uh, connection with the Syracuse Chiefs, but then fairly long affiliation with the Nationals. And so those names are familiar. And Pat Corbin is from uh, Cicero North Syracuse High School. And the way that worked out for the Nationals this year, uh, I don't know if you find it a surprise, but it's pretty interesting that uh, – Bryce Harper, the the face of their franchise, moves on. The Phillies, as it turned out, uh, did not make the playoffs. And uh, Pat Corbin had a a tremendous year, and and the Nationals will be right there with as good a starting pitching core as anybody.
3: Yeah, a tremendous year. And and if Scherzer's right, he's not all the way back from his injury, but you're right, Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, that matches up to me. That's right there with Verlander, Cole, Granke. Uh, right there with Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu. Like, those are the three powered trios in starting rotations, uh, in my opinion, in baseball. And, and, uh, yes, they lost Harper, who's a very good player. He's not the best player in baseball, but he's a very good player. But then they went out and spent that money on a number of different people, including Patrick Corbin. And, and they filled other holes on their roster. Um, as they saw fit. Plus, they have, I, I mean, Juan Soto. I don't know if Juan Soto is as famous as Juan Soto deserves to be for the age that he is and Man. the kind of season he's had. Yeah, 34 homers, over 100 RBIs, over 100 walks for a guy. I don't even think he's 21 yet. I think he's still 20. Like, this guy is every bit as good as a Acuna and every other great young talent, and there are many in baseball right now. And, and I think there's maybe been a little bit, I don't. I don't want to say addition by subtraction with Harper, but just a different vibe in the clubhouse. It's just different. Without Harper's personality in there, it's way more loosey-goosey. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter or anywhere Brian Dozier the last night after they celebrated, after they uh, clinched a playoff spot. It's worth watching. You might not want to show it to a, a 10-year-old, but it's <laughs> worth watching. But they're having fun. And, and now, now, let's say this. the begin The first two months of the season for them were a disaster. Their bullpen was a disaster. It's still a minor disaster, but it's a little bit better right now. But if they're going to win, it's starting pitching and, and, you know, really good clutch, timely hitting. And and they feel pretty good about themselves. And, and again, Washington-Milwaukee, that's got a chance to be a heck of a wild card game.
0: And one of the superstars in the game that isn't talked about like a superstar is Anthony Rendon. It's just an incredible player, and uh, it's about to get paid a lot of money by somebody, but doesn't have quite the cachet of, of Harper and, and it isn't talked about in the, in the same terms. So the the Nationals are a team that are going to benefit from everybody starting from scratch here. You know, there there is a, a bit of seeding, but that doesn't count for a ton in baseball. And uh, it'll be interesting. The postseason is always a lot of fun. Of course, we'll be listening uh, right here on ESPN Radio. Dan Shulman is our guest. He'll have a lot of the the play by play with the usual cast of characters on those games. And as far as the Yankees are concerned, uh, Dan, just to bring it back to them. One of the things that we've talked about is how they're built for what's ahead. The postseason, the bullpen really matters. It's hard to, on the offensive side, obviously they slug, and it's hard to do that quite as well in the, in the postseason where uh, games are better pitched. But you don't necessarily need to have uh, standout starting pitching. The Yankees' strength clearly is is the bullpen, and they're gonna going to lean on that.
3: Yeah, definitely, and, and you're right. With with you know an off day between game two and three and an off day between game four and five in a five-game series or five and six in a seven-game series, they can use those relievers a lot, um, and they haven't used any of them a whole lot over the last 10 days or so. They've managed to dial back the workload and if I'm other teams, I'm I'm pretty nervous about the Yankees. You know, Sanchez, on the offensive side, Sanchez is coming back now. Stanton is back now. Judge is back now. And I think for, um, for the pitching, there's been no bigger development in baseball in the last couple of weeks, really, than Luis Severino coming back. And I agree with you. They're not going to lean – wholeheartedly on traditional starting pitching. They could have an opener. They could have a bullpen day. They could piggyback a couple of guys. But they do have Tanaka. They do have Paxton pitching well. And they do have a wild card in Luis Severino, who's looked really, really good in his two starts so far. So I I think the Yankees are going into the playoffs on a high.
2: Uh, Obviously, I think a lot of people would be excited if they see Yankees-Dodgers. That would harken back 30, 40 years to some of those series back in the day the dodgers have been world series your bust for what four or five years now with this this roster dan what what is different if anything this year where they can finally get it done
3: well i think one thing that's different is kershaw's had a better year like this is the best kershaw we've seen in three or four years bueller is a fully formed star pitcher right now and Reeves really good as well so I, I think they've got you know three starters they can really rely on they've still got uh, you know a ton of depth offensively incredible versatility 12 or 13 guys dave roberts can put his best 9 out there and match up on any given day and figure it out defensively the one thing that would worry me is the bullpen and i was shocked that the dodgers didn't go out and make a deal for somebody at the deadline the rumor was felipe vasquez and of course huh. you know had they done that I mean, he's, you know, that wouldn't, that would have worked out terribly for them because he he may never pitch again, you know, given the legal issues nice. that he's uh, dealing with right now. But I was surprised they didn't go out and get somebody because Kenley Jansen is not what he is not right now, at least as good as he's been or what he used to be, you know, and in a, in a setup role, whether it's Pedro Baez or Kenta Maeda or Joe Kelly, like they're all good, but none of them are locked down. And they've got so much invested in that team for that game or two. Oh,
0: maybe we lost Danny there. Danny there, going once, going twice. Oh, oh, got you back. You got me. Yeah, we got, got you. Me?
3: All right.
0: You were just talking about the uh, Dodger bullpen. They invested so much that
3: and that if you know, if a game or two slips away in a, in a short series because your eighth inning guy can't get a guy out or your closer can't get a guy out, I mean, you know playoff series have been decided on that kind of thing and and I thought, you know, agreeing with you guys, it's World Series or bust. You know, they've won the division seven years in a row now. They've been to the World Series each of the last two years. Like, getting there isn't good enough anymore and and crazy stuff can happen in a short series, but uh, I I really would have thought they would have given up some prospects, which they really don't like to do, but I thought they would have done it for some bullpen help, but they decided against it.
0: Well, and as you pointed out, uh, sometimes the best trades are the ones not made. Now, they certainly dodged a bullet with significant uh, personal and, and uh, legal issues with Felipe Vasquez, uh, yeah. and they were going to give up a huge prospect to, to get him if they if they did, but they didn't bolster the bullpen. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, I'm right in the age range where, un- unfortunately, I am looking to, to party like 1977, so I would love to see a, a Yankee-Dodger uh, World Series, I think would be uh, fantastic. Fantastic. I'm sure the television networks would love it as well, yes. but uh, but we shall see how it plays out. And I know you'll be there, Dan, so uh, we appreciate the time. Uh, you're the best on that stuff, and uh, I'm sure we'll see it for Hoops. We'll talk about that another time, okay?
3: Absolutely. Great to talk to you guys and see you guys, and I'll uh, see you uh, for basketball basketball games somewhere before we know it.
0: Absolutely. Dan Schulman of uh, ESPN handles all the biggest basketball games, so uh, he's been to many, many dome basketball games, but uh, his first football game here was last week, and... With his uh, son, a student here, I'm sure it will not be his last Dome football game. There's one other thing that John and Susan got popping off about last night that uh-huh. I actually agree with. They do a lot of old man yelling at cloud stuff or get off my lawn type stuff. And usually I roll my eyes at it. But uh, one thing that they got into last night in the Yankee loss that uh, I think is a long time coming in baseball, and we'll address that when we come back. You're listening to In the Booth, brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company. This is ESPN Radio. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No way. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't
1: care anymore. Don't care no more.
3: Make deals.
0: Base hits to right field. Here comes Richardson. Here's the throw from Markakis. Richardson is safe. Derek Jeter ends his final game with a.
1: Today is the five-year anniversary of that walk-off hit in Derek Jeter's final game at Yankee Stadium. Now, Matt, I remember when we were talking about the Andrew Luck situation. You mentioned it as people saying it being one of those moments where you remember where you were when it happened. Is this, and even Brian, is you, you as well, is this one of those moments for you, this, this hit? Do you remember where you were when you were watching this hit by from Derek Jeter?
0: I do not. No? I don't believe so. I do remember being clever. Obviously, that the way he ended his career. I'm sure I was watching the game, and time and place. No,
2: um, no, is the fast answer. As a an devout Yankee hater, um, definitely not. I think I may have. It might have been a situation where you knew he was retiring, and I might have been flipping around and saw on Twitter he was coming up, so flipped over. And I feel I watched it, but I I couldn't tell you if I watched it live or not. So. You know, for Jeter, how, how else were you going to end your career? Of course he was going to do that. That's, that's exactly what Michael Kay said right there. The, who else was going to to go out like that? And of course he was.
1: The classic inside-out swing as well, the hit yes. to right field. And it, right, and it'll always be a trivia question, and I guess it was mentioned a little bit in Michael Kay's call, but who scored that that run for Derek Jeter? Because it was a no-namer. You've got the, the, fa- you got the, the, the well, face the Derek. Well, that's going to make it a really
2: hard day to answer.
1: It was Antoine Richardson. We never heard from him again. He was a, just a fast guy that got called up to be a pinch runner, and he ended up being the guy that scored the run for De- on that very memorable hit that will go down in history as Derek Jeter's, Derek Jeter's final hit at Yankee Stadium.
0: I will say this, though, uh, Tommy, which uh, might delight you, because I, I wouldn't say that I do have a lot of remember-where-you-were moments, but I do remember where I was when Jeter got his 3,000th hit. Okay. Because that was kind of a build up to it, and it was a home run. That was a home run, right? Yes. Uh, Against Tampa. David Price. Yes. Uh, Was watching that at a restaurant here in town. Uh, And I remember where I was when he hit his first career Grand Slam, which came well into his career, and that's because I was at the game. That was against uh, the Chicago Cubs at Yankee
1: State. His only Grand Slam that he ever hit in his career. He only had one. He was. Just like you said, it's a moment that, of course, Derek Jeter has a walk-off hit in his final game, and, it's, and it kind of stinks, though, Brian. Your Red Sox—he had to go play Boston the next series, and he had to play in those games because they were celebrating him, obviously. Mm-hmm. So his was real—that wasn't his actual final hit. His actual final hit was, was just at
2: Fenway, yeah?
1: at Fenway, an infield single to to third base, a swinging bunt had to go down in his final hit instead of. What well, should have been at, at Yankee Stadium, a walk-off hit. Even
2: I, in a, a no, I'd say it's worked out okay for him. A little bit after the fact that uh, that maybe wasn't obviously. That's the last thing people remember. I think the answer to most of these: Do you remember where you were? Is unless I was literally at one of these events, the answer is probably going to be: Yeah, I was on really? my ca- I was
0: on my couch. Right, okay, true. <laughs> the thing is, when if you are just on your couch, you don't really remember that. You remember. I'd have to remember a lot if I was remembering all the times I was on my couch. Well, that's what I mean, because it doesn't it doesn't stand out. That's why I do remember that I was going to lunch. I remember who I was with and whatever at the time of Jeter's hit, and it was not the type of place that it was a sports bar or whatever. I just wanted to keep an eye on it because I knew it was coming up, and, and it, it sort of lined up that way. But I there's a lot of other things that would happen that I just, I don't know, just was... Again, watching it in the Lazy Boy and didn't think about
1: it. But big moments like that, you should like if if it held water with you, you should flash back to wearing one. Even if it's in such a "who cares, I'm on my couch" sort of thing, like you should. If if it's a, a moment that holds water with you, you usually flash back and can remember what goes on. I was actually it was my freshman year of college, and I remember just watching it in my dorm, jumping up and down for a September game that meant nothing to the Yankees, which. I think that was like the first year that Derek Jeter was playing games that just didn't mean anything to him. Like his whole career, he was playing in games that that mattered, and this was, that was the first year, which happened to be his obviously the last year of his career, that he played in a game that meant, had no implications for the, for the Yankees. But we'll move on here to something that uh, caught my eye. Alexa is now going to have a voice, uh, celebrity voices, and that mm-hmm. will include Samuel L. Jackson, and it will also include clean and explicit explicit versions of Samuel L. Jackson, which usually you see the explicit Sam, Samuel L. Jackson. The clean version could be the more rare version, actually. And do you just pay extra for that or last the dollar. Year, or how, 99 cents to get the, uh, the celebrity version of Alexa. I'm still not
0: on board with that stuff yet.
2: I don't do it a lot, but uh, I, I do like the idea well, it's of like, if you want Sam overdue, Jackson. right? And who else would be the first voice for any of this? Of course it's Sam Jackson. Like The dude... The yeah. dude's doing stuff hundred hours a day, all the time. Uh, Alexa, how many snakes are on the plane? <laughs> that's worth. I a mean, dollar. that's how much time I'd be wasting yeah. with it. But <laughs> right. I feel I'd be more interested. Uh, I've always been more interested in the idea of another voice for like the GPS in the yeah, car. Siri and uh, uh, like, yeah, GPS. yeah, like the Google Maps. I've always felt I feel I'd drive better if I had like a pleasant. A British voice telling me where to go or something Morgan like that.
1: Freeman. That's the classic well, they say that,
2: that, Morgan Freeman, I may become too relaxed. It's hard to
0: get directions from British people because they talk like this, right? So you go down, you take a left-right, and then you go and take a right-right. That could be really confusing. That's what I'm saying. A le- a right hard, <laughs> hard to get directions from a, a British person. Uh, I'm all for that. A- and excuse my ignorance on this not being someone who is in the uh, – I'm not an Alexa user or all the other brands of the same – thing it's more of a one-way com- i mean i guess the you ask it and it, and it either responds or you do things but it's it, they're not really talking that much right i
2: think they are expanding that Though part of this article where they uh, talk about sam jackson being involved is they're go- they're starting to add in uh, apologies i guess for not understanding okay
0: gotcha. what you've
2: asked so they're getting in, they're getting into the apology market for invariably what happens with one of these, it all sounds great and they look great in the commercials, is you're going to get annoyed and start yelling at the thing for not doing what you wanted and wonder why you didn't pick up your phone and type it in uh, yourself. So I guess they've gotten into the apology market too, which I
0: I think it's pleasant. Well, it's kind of clever. I like the little, you know, people have their little hacks, get the various things you can get those alexas and whatever to say kind of funny
1: so we have samuel L. jackson here is there a voice that you want to be that second voice that gets released with alexa is there a particular well, I mean, it, being
0: a sportscaster and into voices uh depends on what you're looking for but i mean marty brenneman's retired he's got a great voice he could He sounds like baseball that could be his thing
1: what about john and susan our, our giving man, you directions uh, absolutely. You, well you that's the thing that? you could
0: brand it I, there's a million off for this that would be hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> It'll be a left-hand turn. <laughs> that's all
2: right, Susan. You just get a long story about traffic on the no, road that's, 25 that's years ago. That's traffic, Susan. Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> she, she'll go, there's a stoppage up ahead. That's traffic, Susan. That would be hilarious.
1: She gives the traffic update? Like yeah. She gives the scoreboard around yeah. the country or whatever she calls it? Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> through uh, sportscasting history, if you had John Facenda and you know, of NFL It'll films. it be a very dramatic ha- drive. Yes. <laughs> Harry Callis. Um, yeah, the... The Hard Knocks gotta be wind. awesome. Lee of Shriver. Right, yeah. Um, It'll be there's more a lot of, pe- lot of people in, in demand, I think, would be, would be fantastic. So I, I would absolutely splurge. Maybe we could do university-branded uh, ones, if anybody would care. I'd be a little too flippant, I think, for people's directions. Yeah, you
2: don't know where you're going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's go. But yeah, I, I uh, I'm all about that. I think we can. There's a little offshoot in of the market there.
1: All right, last one here. There was a 19 inning baseball game last night that went close to seven hours between the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now these two teams, the Cardinals have already clinched the division. The Diamondbacks are out of the playoff race. They're out of the wild card race. But this still went 19 innings. Do you? This brings up the conversation of. Should there in the regular season be a point where you put a runner on second base? Or should the extra inning rules change at all? Maybe even go to a tie? Do you believe in any of these sort of extra inning rules? Uh,
0: they've done that in the minor leagues. They yep. put the uh, what would be the winning run they put at second base, uh, starting in the 12th inning. Doesn't bother me in the least that it's in the minors. Now, I'm not going to be one to stand on the table and call for it. But it doesn't really bother me that it happens. Um uh, you know the extended games, regular season. I don't know that they're really that they do more good than harm. I think it does turn people off. People aren't going to hang around. So then it's like a this battle of attrition. Oh, I stayed there for the whole game, and I hate that the reputation of baseball is that it's long or drags, and that's kind of. I'm not poking fun at football. I love football, and and I love every minute. When I'm there, I'm not going. Man, I wish I was somewhere else, but. You'd prefer to move these games along without undue delay, and, and in that scenario, uh, there's probably a, a snappier way to, to bring it to a close. And in the regular season, games that weren't have no meaning. Now you're talking about position players pitching, and, and that's not a lot of fun.
2: So, what's the longest? I you've done your fair share of my league. You did 18. I've done 13, 13. I think we had a one season. I did four 12-plus inning games in eight days, which just seemed excessive. Right. That nobody could figure out a way to get a lead in the, in basically any time.
0: During I will the week. say that the break that I caught is the eighteen inning game that I broadcast was zero zero,
2: <laughs> which is that'll incredible. keep it
0: moving. Yeah, zero um, zero through seventeen innings. But um,
1: was in an under four hour double bait? No, double the no, game? No, no, you know? no. It, didn't no get... it was probably four and a half. Okay,
0: there were a lot of interesting nuggets that I won't bore you with. And well, I hate you with two. One, it was won by. Um, it, the winning home run was hit by Eric hinsky who went on to be Rookie of the Year. Sure, uh, hit a three-run homer off a position player, and there was a player who did not start in the game. He came in the ninth inning and went four for four. So to go four for four, it's a year, full day you know, at the office when you weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> he pinch it
1: and played a full game still.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, so probably day the, off <laughs> probably the highlight of his career. But uh, yeah, and that's why I love baseball. I love the things that are are unique and memorable, and so one of those every now and again is is great, and it could still. You want that still to be possible. It could still happen with the runner on second base and all that, but it would be less likely. I do have another baseball fix. Thank you, Tommy, Yeah, uh, that they've already made, but it's about time. We'll address that when we come back. In the Booth, presented by the Hoffman Sausage Company, Hoffman Taste Tells, back in just a moment on ESPN Radio Syracuse. In the Booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. And you can check them out at HuffmanSausage.com. We're in a baseball mood here today, breaking away from football, so get uh, your sausages stocked up for the uh, baseball postseason. Throw one on the grill, you can feel like you're at the game. So John and Susan last night on the Yankee broadcast, as I said, were moaning about a lot of things, but then they were tap dancing on the grave Mm -hmm. of a previous rule that now finally has been moved on from, and I'm with them. Starting next year, this no-nonsense of 40-man rosters yes. at this time of year. Which I understand maybe the derivation of it originally, but it's long ago they should have done away with it. Starting next year, you'll you can call up as many people as you want and dress them and whatever you want to do and they can be around the major league team. But on the roster of the lineup card that night, twenty eight guys. That's good. I mean you don't you don't need twelve guys pitching in a game or no. No. whatever can happen
2: in some of these games. It's not say, that's baseball? That That's not baseball. Right. That's completely different, and it's very weird in September if you're a team that's fighting for a win, and you're playing a team that don't care anymore and is just throwing out its minor league guys and a million of them, Like it just never really made a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and then you'll see teams do that, and they'll carry shoot, every team carries 14 12 to 14 pitches in the game. You can have 12 relievers in a game now, and a lot of them could work. So, back tomorrow, we're going to give away tickets to the Holy Cross game and visit with Adam Terry in the booth.